When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We would be very mm. open. We would cry together. We would laugh together. You know, there's going to come a day when I look at them and I won't know them. And I know the first day my dad looked at me and didn't know me, how, how it hard felt. that was. Yeah. So I know that's coming. Welcome to Grief Encounters with me, Sasha Hamrog. And I'm Venetia Quick. We're a weekly podcast that looks at an issue that affects us all and yet remains so difficult to talk about. We'll be chatting to guests from all walks of life on the subject of death and all that comes with it. Our main aim is to motivate, comfort and create a modern space for people to share their own experiences. Could you think of someone that could benefit in listening? Tell them about Grief Encounters out every single Tuesday. So far in the podcast, we've talked to people who have lost someone, someone Mm. who has died and the grief that they experienced after that. But on this week's episode, we're speaking to someone who's dealing with grief while they're still here with the diagnosis of younger onset Alzheimer's. Um, And it was a really wonderful chat with Kathy Ryan, who was so generous with her story and where she's at and what she's experienced. It was a pretty eye-opening conversation about what it's like to live with a condition that's invisible. I was very struck by... She tells us a few stories about you know, where she's sort of had um, an issue in supermarkets in on the street where momentarily she might have lost her, her focus or, you know, had an episode, I suppose, mm. is how you describe it. And the reaction or actually lack of reaction to mm. some people who could have actually helped her. Mm. Yeah, I, I found talking to her quite eye opening that perhaps I know I'm not conscious enough of other mm. people. You know, you walk past somebody and go, ah, there's a bad person, whatever. But it's actually, you don't, you, you need yeah. to give it more thought. But I think what's also interesting from the point of the the actual podcast and as itself and what we're trying to do is that Cathy's actually grieving her own life mm. and, you know, she is looking at terminal illness. She's looking at, you know, at some point mm. she won't remember her sons her herself um i just i think it's sort of it's just it's such a different thing to be almost if it's a word self grieving as opposed to grieving for somebody else yeah. you're just looking at your own life going okay well this is it now things this will never over. be the same it's never going to be the same yeah and it's not reversing and itself the yeah. limbo that is her life in yeah. one way and the fact that she's no control yeah over sometimes things that happen to her 
um, in her day-to-day life. I mean, yeah, talking about skill sets and creating strategies around tomorrow, I may not be able to do this ever again. So mm. what kind of strategies do I have to have in place? Um, and we talked a lot about how that makes really forces you to live in the present um, and how you, when your life is that way, it's completely different than mm. how we live. We, we worry about the future. We think about the future and it kind of changes the whole thing. I think this episode will be an important one for people who maybe have a family member or who yes. are struggling themselves, mm. who are in this themselves, who are in this process. Maybe they've had a diagnosis um, and are dealing with that grief while they're still while mm. they're still here. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think also, if anything, just anybody just listening and take on board that that person sitting beside you on the Lewis or the person in the supermarket queue in front of you, you know, just maybe give a little extra thought to why they might be the way they are Mm -hmm. and just, you know, be a little bit more kind, I think, to what's going on. Five years ago in January 2014, this week's guest was diagnosed with younger onset Alzheimer's, which affects people under 65. It's an incurable and degenerative disease that affects so many individuals and families around the country. To speak about the struggles of living with an incurable illness and her own journey and advocacy, we are delighted to welcome Kathy Ryan to the show. As you mentioned, Kathy, you were diagnosed with the illness in 2014, but can you trace signs of memory loss before then? I can actually. Um, I can go back to my early 40s where I went through a period of bad health and would have brought it up with my doctor who informed me the brain is a muscle. And so to keep it healthy, we need to be using it like any other muscle in the body, um, which I started doing random quizzes and things like that. Um, Life went on and got busy, didn't even think about it. And so it wasn't until my dad was diagnosed with vascular dementia and used to stay with us uh, for a few weeks at a time. And as he progressed, some of his behaviours were strange. Some of them were upsetting and I didn't understand. So either he needed to stop coming to us or I needed to learn how Mm. to deal with it. So I would have attended a, a six week information course run by the Alzheimer's Society and so it was while I was doing that that I realised not only was did I have some of the symptoms they were discussing but I had strategies in place as well. Mm. What sort of characteristics were coming out that you noticed with your dad? Oh with dad um, he could get quite agitated for what seemed to us no reason we didn't understand you know now um, I understand that something was bothering him or worrying him. And so for many of us, it's about investigating what's going on. Mm. Um, Money he seemed to become very strangely attached to and would walk around with vast sums in his in his um, in his pocket, uh, which bothered me from even the fact that he used to roll it all out. I think there was nearly 2000 euros at one stage in his pocket and he'd roll it out for, you know, 50 for a chewing gum, but um, then started accusing, which was never like Mm. dad. Mm. Just, you know, there were there were behaviours that weren't his, you know, that was upsetting. Um, So, so, yeah, so that was kind of the, the lead in for me. We've had a lot of people on the podcast um, request that we do this episode um, because it does affect so many people. And a lot of people have talked a little bit about the grieving the person before they're gone because mm. they start to lose them and their personality starts to change. Did you find that that happened with you with your dad? Uh, 
I did and I do. I mean, when my dad doesn't recognise me now, of course, it's it's an absolute loss. I think for me, I was a lone parent at that stage. My marriage had ended and I had two guys um, with some quite serious stuff going on in their lives. So it was about staying alive for me each day. Um, I think uh, the grieving within dementia is like the rest of the disease, mostly um, invisible. And so many people don't even realize they're experiencing that. But Mm. I would argue at this stage um, from meeting many, many people around Ireland that um, that grief starts at the moment of diagnosis. Mm. It really does. And it it goes through for me the whole journey then. Um, I think people don't really understand. Many people think it's about death. But actually, it's about losing anything that's important in your life. Oh, definitely. Mm. And so it's right across the board. Somebody asked me recently, you know, what does it feel like every day getting up? And for me now at this stage, it's like going into a minefield. I don't know when I go to bed tonight what skill or ability may have gone for me mm-hmm. today. As simple as stairs have become very frightening to me. Um, my addition um you know, today I might be able to count my coins. So in a shop, I'll have to put my hand out and say, um, and they're big and small, mm. but they're there n- nonetheless. And and you have to deal with them. So if you don't know that you're losing these and, and deal with that in a healthy way, um, it can be very debilitating and exhausting. Mm. Not understood then by the other person, yet the other person is doing their grieving because they're seeing parts of you. Mm. So I'm very aware that if I ring my sisters to subtract for me or I say something I couldn't do, I know I'm causing a sadness mm. to those who love mm. me because they are seeing deterioration. Does that stop you then asking for help or does it stop you reaching out to people to support you? Um, I have, I suppose, going back to my family of origin, always been very independent. Mm. So for me, my guys were both still at school when I was diagnosed I chose not to tell them for six months because one was doing his leaving and so it kind of gave me a time so I'm a life coach as well and a mentor so Mm. I think I have a little added advantage in that so it was like well how do I want to be you know so I really try and work on so if I recognise an ability or a skill is gone or going I kind of look at it and say well is this something I need so Mm. The boys were worn out with me kicking the hoover because I could take it apart but couldn't put it back together again until I got to the stage of going, Cathy, you know, so what, you don't hoover the house today? Mm. You know, does it really matter? So things that are important to me and I need, I'm now living on my own. I try to set a strategy in place. If I can't, I'll try and ask for information. And if not, then I have to accept, do I let this go or do I struggle with it mm. and let it mm. It's a constant frustration then. It is. It is. And even the frustration, it's like, do I really need that to be a big part of my life every day? How do I want to live? How do you know? So for me personally, it's bringing it back today. Mm. It's not being afraid to ask for that bit of help if I need it. Um, And I need it. I mean, I think I've spoken six European countries last year. I couldn't do that on my own. I couldn't be here today without the ASI and the backing of the working group and and Claude and Cormac to to do those things that I can't do, Mm. you know. Can I ask you just, you're talking about your kids there and um, how you waited six months because Mm. your son was doing his leaving or whatever. And I think from my own experience, telling your children that there's one of their parents could, you know, isn't well and you don't actually know what the future holds. Yeah. You can't tell them is one of the hardest 
things I think you ever yeah. do yeah. Um, because you want to make sure you get the wording right. You want to make sure the time you tell them is right, the setting is right. Are you going to be there that evening in case suddenly they have questions or, yeah. you know. Um, and I think as well, you don't want to upset their status quo in their life or frighten them. Yeah. How did you choose to tell them what was the situation or how did you decide okay I'm going to tell them on a Friday afternoon at two because they'll have finished school and then I'm going to be around in the evening (laughs) My hand was forced a little bit on that Um, so for the six months I chose not Mm. to when I look back at that time there was a lot of I say very wet pillows and broken conversations so they'd talk about something down the road and immediately I'd go Okay. Will I be yeah. there? Will I, will I know them? Um, I was getting various kinds of information backwards and forwards and you might know the guys in three years, which is very scary to, mm. to you know, to say that. Um, one of my guys and it's his story and his journey, so I won't go into it, but has quite a severe anxiety disorder. The other guy has other issues going on. So I was very aware as a mom, I was it. We were a very tight knit three. Mm. And um, so, yes, so how do you tell them? So I chose to laugh to the leaving. Then I was contacted by the, the Alzheimer's Society to do a video. OK. And I I said yes, absolutely. I had no problem in doing it. Um, but so suddenly in July, there was just going to be this film crew, documentary crew so inside ha- in our house. Yeah. And it was like, I have to tell them. I never yeah. thought it would be in the house. I thought I could. Yeah. So I did. They reacted exactly as I knew they both would. Exactly. I could have written, a, a, you know, a, a story mm. as to how it had happened. And it was one of the hardest things. I told them the bare facts. I told them I would never and they know that I would never lie to them. So whatever question they had, I'd answer or find an answer. Um, one guy who I knew exactly assumed I'd be 70 granddad's age and so it wasn't impacting him now. It took a little mm. while for him to realise actually this is happening. Mm. Um uh, my older son, Andrew, um, would read your soul. And so he took to the shed and there was metal against metal and broken hurls. And mm. um, yeah, he was very, very, very angry. Um, and it took time. But th- so the one thing for me is we've always been open. We had been through tough stuff. And so I said to them, we live each day, you know, we love each other each day. If you have an issue, then you tell me I am not going to burden you now. If Sean Donnell is listening, he'd kill me for saying that word. Um, And so I feel I had that time to prepare me And the old Cathy kicked in. I what, what, So how did I want to role model this to the guys? How did how did I want to go forward with them? And that, that for me was was a positive time to sort me before I kind of sort with them. Mm. They're I mean, they're moved on. They're and both how are they now? You know, these guys every day inspire me with what they've been through and the men they're choosing to become to be the best version of me today. Mm. We had so Andrew's in London um, we would have had a lot of tears and conversations, n- not wanting to go and leave mom. Um, I would have said to him, if you're going with me and your shoulder, stay at home because you're you're mm. you're only living half a life. So they know they honour me more by getting on with their lives, being good mm. and decent men and, and husbands and fathers and all the rest of it. So, yeah, we'd be very open. We would be very mm. open. We would cry together. We would laugh together. They have very dark humours not to be repeated on air as to what <laughs> they can say to me. But, you know, we laugh about it too. It's yeah. here. It's here. Yeah. I didn't ask for it. Yeah. I didn't ask for it for these two guys. It's tough. 
you know, there's going to come a day when I look at them and I won't know them. And I know the first day my dad looked at me and didn't know me, how, how it hard felt. that was. Yeah. So I know that's coming. And have you talked to them about that, about how they might oh, feel yeah. when that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, have, we have, I don't, don't remember what we would have been on, maybe the late, late or something. Three of us were on anyway, something together. And afterwards, the car is a great place, you know, because yeah. I can't get out and escape. Um, and they went as far as saying, Mom, what flowers would you like when you go? Mm. You know, really practical things, mm. which I just absolutely loved. Mm. Um, do I tell them everything goes on every day, mishaps and that? No, I don't. They don't need to know it. I'm mm. fine. I'm well. You know, sadly, my future is uncertain unless I pull them back in again because of lack of resources here in this country. But, you know, none of us in this room might get through tonight we might not get home in our cars today and so for us we just have a little heads up this is happening a little bit sooner we live each day we try to live each day and we try to make each day count many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Living in the present is a very difficult thing to do mm. um, for people. I think when, when a diagnosis, a cancer diagnosis, things like that that um, that we've been through, you, you start to suddenly have to because you don't know what the next day is going to mm. bring. But it does really change how you live. Completely. How has it kind of changed how you live each day? Because it's a very different way of living. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would have focused in on the you might know them in three years and so I counted days I counted birthdays I counted there's another week gone you know three by 52 that's you know and I kind of woke up one morning and I thought you're you're just waiting to yeah. die you're yeah. just bringing you're, you know you're bringing it on yourself mm. you're you're allowing everything to go through the filter of what's coming and so I got little poster pads and stickers and the boys thought I was really aside from dementia was cracked and I put little stickers up around the, the entire house saying from today on you're not going to count the days you're going to make every day count and I kept you know you you mm. train yourself it's mm. no different than any muscle in your body um, I tried to do that I have been really really blessed because my work went by 
misinformation quite early on and I'm on disability. So it's like, so the very first thing that I had to grieve letting go was going to college, creating mm-hmm. my my future and a bit of security financially and being able to things I do things I'd only ever dreamed of. So that was the first big thing. That single thing of just being on um, on disability has so impacted my life. Um, so it's like, well, at 53, what do you do now? All your friends are still working. Mm. People are active and they're doing and all of a sudden I had all, all of this time and it was like, what's going to happen now? So the one thing that has absolutely kept me as well as I am is the Irish Dementia Working Group. Mm. You know, I've, I've been on nothing that I was comfortable or am comfortable with, but I have a passion for people getting information. Um, I got had the privilege of walking the Camino, part of the mm. Camino last year. I've spoken mm. at conferences in Europe right around. I think this is my third kind of thing this week. So that busyness has given me back a sense of purpose, mm. a sense of reason. Um, the fact that I was on my own, you know, we tend to find families don't know what to do with this person. You've been given a terminal illness. Mm. You don't have a crutch. You don't have an eye patch. You're not blind. What do we do? And you know, that to me is where the information needs to be given. Don't disable the person. I've had to do it. Mm. If it wasn't if I didn't do it, it didn't happen. And I think that's kept me as well as I can. Around the grieving, I came to the stage of having to look at what's important to me, what keeps me well, mm. what makes me um, happy or peaceful or content and letting go out of my life. Like, you know, people who to this day could say to me, you've got a wrong diagnosis, there's nothing wrong with you, but would never dream of saying to me, what did you have to do to get here today? Mm. If that makes sense. Mm. So now, right now, if I don't concentrate, if I picked up that cup, I was talking to you and wasn't really paying attention, that would land here. Mm. Um, And so stupid things like getting into the shower and getting back out, not even have washed if I'm focusing on something to um, burning my hands because I take something out of the oven without putting gloves on. So everything is um, concentration, concentration, concentration. But I find I concentrate on the things that are important, Mm. the things that fire me up or keep me going or challenge me and the things like the hoovering and, you know, (laughs) dust and even the house. It's like, oh, no, (laughs) doesn't make it look so ridiculous. And so Mm. like people get so worked up over the state of the house. We're talking about a perfectionist (laughs) who who did (laughs) counselling at 40 years of age and and her first task in counselling was to make a picture crooked and leave it for a week and not to put it right <laughs> oh when goodness. I talk about yeah. perfections yeah mm. so yeah and how sad how well, sad in our life yeah, that we that, need yeah. a terminal yeah. diagnosis to Change say that. what's yeah you mentioned um, invisible illness uh, and there was actually a, a really great article in the New York Times about it last week and it's a lot of people have shared it because of people who have say autoimmune diseases and different things like mm. that who are walking around and not getting a kind of a compassion or a kindness from the people around them because um, no one can see it. And we've talked Mm. about it with grief. No one can see it. You're not wearing a black Mm. armband. Nobody maybe knows that you've lost your husband Mm. or you've lost a child. We do need to exercise our kindness towards people when we don't know the whole story. And you talked a little bit about that. If you're asking someone to count change for you or you're asking on a train, am I on the right train? And people might be kind of quick to brush you off. Mm. I mean, is that something that you think is really important that we need to look at? I think, as I said, it doesn't stem from badness. It's, I think it's more ignorance. Um, and it, yeah, I think those of us particularly who are younger 
um, it's a real issue mm-hmm. um, because of disbelief. I happened to be at an ATM. It's probably gone back last summer now. And it was in my own town. Um, and obviously the ATM, the shop was gone. So there was me and there was two behind me. And I would rarely go to anything like that if there was people around because I need the moment. Anyway, the sun was shining, nothing to do with Alzheimer's. And I was finding the screen hard to see. So the woman behind me started tapping and that's enough to fluster me mm-hmm. and then I get panicked. And so I said to her, I'm finding it tough with the sun. Can you give me a moment? And she didn't acknowledge and she didn't stop the tapping. And so I could feel myself getting to meltdown stage. Mm. And all I was kind of thinking was my card is in there if I can't get it back and I've no cash on me and I'm living alone. And how will I get whatever it was I needed to get? So at that stage, I just turned to her and I said, can you give me a moment, please? have Alzheimer's. To which she responded was, don't be so disrespectful to people with Alzheimer's. <gasps> and I got a fright in that moment. Part of my dynamic and they laugh at me now in local shops. So if I go without my list, I talk myself through. So I could be you could hear me saying, you know, OK, so I have veg now. Do I need anything for the dogs? I'm saying it to myself. You yeah. know, and they don't they don't they don't approach me anymore. So I in that moment of getting flustered. Um, thought I had said something to her, maybe something ruder. And mm. I'm always a conscious with Alzheimer's. I never know when I'm going to hit the next stage or yeah. do something. Mm. So I just kind of turned to her and I said, what did I say to disrespect people with Alzheimer's? And she said, you said you have Alzheimer's. And I said, well, I do I have a letter in my bag and actually I have type 2 diabetes. And at that stage, she walked away and I kind of got gimpy and I wanted to say to her, if you just paused a moment, we'd all be out of here. Now you mm. have money and I'm still mm. struggling with the mm. machine. But in fairness and in respect to this lady, people do throw away saying, oh, I have a bit of dementia or I have a bit of this or whatever. Mm. And it's like, so she really was defending people with Alzheimer's, but she just was doing it with the wrong person. <laughs> um, you know, my hands have gone very weak, so sometimes I can't open bottles of water. And so I would have to ask somebody and like they look at you like, are you an idiot or, mm. what, you know. What's but does that not make the whole thing worse? I mean, you're already dealing with just looking basically staying your life, you know, ahead of you, thinking about your sons, thinking about dealing with each day and the obstacles that might come off. Um, Is that not to know people are going to be like that towards you? Is it easier to kind of... Is it just, does that make it more difficult? Is that not just another hurdle you have to deal with? It just seems the wrong... And I would have to say to you, you know, I'm a fairly upbeat person. To me, I look at the bright side. I can still wake up in a very black hole for what reason I I don't know. And that's the day that that can be hard. Mm. And so initially when you're diagnosed, you're kind of given four things by the doctors to try and work on. And one of them is staying socially active. Mm. And I know in particular one woman, um, I think she might be two years older than me, so make her 60 now. Mm. She has gone inside her home. She's not going out. She did have a meltdown in a bank. And I actually happened to be in a, in, a, in a supermarket where I there was two stacking shelves talking about her. Like and I was on the other side and it was like she could be here. Mm. And they literally were going like she's crazy and has lost the plot mm. and all the rest of it. Hugely disrespectful way to talk about anybody. Mm. But this lady was so aware of nudges and, you know, mm. things like that, that she just went, I'm just not doing it. Mm. And so for her, her life has been now shrunk into our our home and that's not fair and at a time when depression is is very probable mostly seems to be for younger people 
older people my dad when he was diagnosed didn't want to know about the word he didn't want anything he just wanted a rugby match put on and his yeah. meals and all the rest of it um, those of us who are aware it's like it, it's like it's really in your face it's really you know so to have rudeness like that or disrespect or dismissal like it's yeah. shocking really isn't it I mean I've been at but a till and not, yeah. didn't realise I couldn't count my money out and, and said and, mm. and the person behind me said yeah tell us another one and it was like yeah. mm, I'm yeah. just coming out but it does go back to what Sasha was saying about the whole thing you don't know what's going on in people's lives no matter what it is whether you've mm. just lost somebody or whether your marriage split up but or whether you've got bad news or you've been yeah, fired yeah, or, exactly yeah. so just be a little bit nicer yeah. Yeah. so I I don't want um, so there's lots of campaigns going on about dementia friendly and this is yes we do need this but I don't want people just friendly to me because I have dementia yeah I want kindness Mm. Mm. full stop yeah Yeah. kindness respect full stop it takes you know kindness costs nothing Mm. you know and it can be the difference for us and I'm sure many with invisible disabilities of really kind of undermining your confidence to stay doing this. Your question. I mean, I've been in Clonmel and looked up and not known who I was or where I was. Don't know how long I stood on that sidewalk, on the path, busy path, and until somebody bumped into me. Now, probably if I had a stick or I was older, mm-hmm. somebody would have approached me. But I was so terrified when I came to. Um, so we can't kind of blame people for not knowing. We need to get the word out. Mm. We need to get information out. We need to say this is what my need is. And maybe also if people know the symptoms a bit better so they know they're more aware if they say, for example, what you just said in the path in Clomel, they know and they can go, okay, well, this person, we need to help them because there is this sort of automatic and you see it in in town all the time. Somebody collapses on the street, whatever. It's like, oh, they're drunk or they've had Mm. too many or whatever. And there is that sort of attitude where I sort of feel you should stop for anybody. It doesn't really matter whether they've, you know, Mm. stink of booze or not. It doesn't matter. You should stop and help. help, And, you know, people tend to mind. It drives me mad. Other people's business. I mean, Mm. I've had people had to go at me because the guys are kind of gone foreign. Well, these people don't know what my sons have been through Mm. and they are just have been incredible. I'm not talking about me now. I'm talking about Mm. their own and their own their own stories for their own time to tell. It's like these guys amaze me how well they're doing. You don't know my story. Um, but we need, yeah, yeah. I, I could give you chapter and verse where people have kind of, you know, my, so my hearing is affected. Yeah. I have a thing called hyperacusis. My senses have been affected. And like noise um, really gets to me. And there was an alarm going one day in Tesco's. And I put my fingers in my ear and this woman nudged me who I've never seen before. Mm. I don't know who she is. You know, told me not to be so dramatic. And another woman walked over to me and she said, are you in trouble? Can I help you? Mm. I didn't know I had hyperacusis at that mm. stage. I just knew I was in pain. And mm. uh, what was the difference in those two people? Yeah. I would argue only kindness. Yeah, mm. Of course it is. In your advocacy work, which is is really an admirable thing to to do, I think, to get that information out there to people who are in the first stages or even in the middle of it and they don't know what to do. What do you think? You said people have contacted you a lot or kind of reach out to you. What is the thing that they're mostly looking for, do you think? I suppose part of this disease like you've just met me today so you've only met one person with Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and I don't say that flippantly 
so we all have different challenges. Then we all bring our own personalities to it. So, you know, I've been met by carers who where I have said things like there's no need to correct a person with 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 Alzheimer's because our reality is different to yours. And mm. unless it's serious or dangerous, mm. you're wearing yourself out and you're frightening them. Mm. So little snippets like that are like invaluable if you're in the trenches every day. Um, yeah, I think mostly what's come back to me is. Is the fact that I just kind of say it as it is that I'm not afraid to say it out and it nearly gives other people permission then to say, well, actually, we're dealing with this mm-hmm. or, you know, um, I met somebody in the Camino last year um, from Ireland who had heard something I had done and it completely changed the way she she mm. um, dealt with her not dealt with her dad that's disrespectful but how she uh, yeah, yeah and how she their relationship was different you know so um, it's those bits of information mm. that people need mm. um, so important to, to be able not only for me I'm only one side of this coin mm. the carers are as equally important they're grieving too mm. so people have a right to information I feel and it's a horrible disease for anybody and for their loved ones. And so information empowers us, I think. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. You, Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.